0: This is Around the Rim with Lachina Robinson.
1: Hello, basketball fans. It is your favorite time of the week. That's right, a new episode of your ESPNW Women's Basketball Podcast, Around the Rim. I am Lachina Robinson, joined by my fabulous producer, Tarika Foster-Brasby. And um, Tarika, from what I understand, we have some new listeners this week. We absolutely do. Uh, Lucky us. We are now being aired on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM Channel 84. So welcome to all you guys out there to Around the Room. Yes. Welcome, welcome. Sit back, relax. We are going to talk all things women's basketball. So much going on right now, including these frigid temperatures. So hopefully wherever you are, you are staying warm, safe, and off the road. Number one this week for us is we are celebrating Bentley head coach Barbara Stevens, who became the fifth women's basketball coach to reach 1,000 wins. Um, Divi- Bentley is a division two school and she beat Adelphi 78 to 66. Um, for her 1,000th career win. Now, it's already been a big year of 1,000 uh, for women's basketball. North Carolina head coach Sylvia Hatchell has 1,000 wins as of this year. Gino Oriema hit the 1,000 mark. I believe that Vivian Stringer is about maybe six games away, uh, could be fewer, from her 1,000th win. So we are trying to get Barbara on the show for next week. When Coach Stringer hits her 1,000, we'll have them on the show. So, yeah, this year is all about 1K, um, and we're excited about that. So just to tell you a little bit about today's show, this is Lady Vol Heavy, um, and for a lot of reasons. Number one is the SEC Conference and, and women's basketball in general are celebrating We Back Pat Week, and it starts Sunday, January 21st through the 28th where we are celebrating the life and legacy of the late, great Pat Summit through the Pat Summit Foundation, um, where they look to make an impact on raising awareness of Alzheimer's disease. During We Back Pat Week, you will see schools celebrating Pat's life in various ways. Um, and, and it's a special time. It brings everyone together. Obviously, the game of basketball would not be where it is without Pat Summit um, so we are remembering her during this time and on our show. So we have two seniors, the leaders of the number six team in the country, the Tennessee Lady Vols, Mercedes Russell, and also Jamie Nard are going to join us. They have a great story as the last two years of Lady Vol basketball was not what they were, were expecting. It's not what we were expecting, um, but they're back. At least I'm saying the Lady Vols are back. And uh, we will talk to them about this year's team, their freshmen. How they've gotten back on top um, and a little bit about the balls. Also, we will talk to Tamika Catchings. Tamika, as you know, has retired from the WNBA, but she's still busy. She joined um, the Pacer Sports and Entertainment Organization as Director of Player Programs and Franchise Development. So we will have Tamika on the show. She's got a lot more than that going on, too. Tamika stays pretty busy, so we're excited to celebrate. What she's doing in her career, and also talk Pat Summit with Tamika Catchings. Um, we will also talk some Big 12, and that's how we will open our show. We are, wow, so fortunate to have play by play and analyst um, Brenda Van Langen on the show. She's going to catch us up on all things Big 12 because that's her expertise. Um, But she will also she 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 travels around, does a lot of SEC, Mm -hmm. and we will recap the big Monday game between Texas and Connecticut, which was amazing. So with that, we are going to go ahead and jump into the first quarter and talk to Brenda.
2: First quarter,
3: Uh, Gino, it was a a heck of a win for your team. What are you most proud about with your players cutting out this victory?
0: Well, we really, we really battled them, you know, and we battled them inside. We're so undersized, you know, for a team like this. Um, and I thought we did a much better job in the second half on the rebounding end. Um, we made some big plays, you know, just everybody on the team took turns doing something. and um, You know, you got to be able to win on the road when you're not able to play your best stuff, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm really proud of this group right now.
3: Esther Field has made such a jump from her freshman to sophomore year, had that critical assist to Azrae Stevens late, and then nailed the two pressure
0: free throws when you needed them. What has been the most exciting part of her growth for you? You know what's funny? Last year at Louisville in the first game of the year, she had a chance to ice the game and miss both of them. So, yeah, her confidence has grown. She's grown as a person. Um, she just believes it now. She doesn't question herself. She doesn't doubt it. She comes over to the sideline. She's such a nice kid. She goes, hey, if they don't guard me and it's wide open, can I, can I take it? I said, nah, we, we don't need any more layups. Are you kidding me? <laughs> She's just such a nice kid, and I'm so happy for her.
1: That was the voice of Gino Oriema, head coach of the Yukon Huskies, and our fabulous analyst for ESPN um, women's basketball, Carol Lawson. And that pretty much sums up what happened um, on Big Monday this week. And it was an amazing game between the number one rated team, Yukon Huskies, and number nine, Texas Longhorn, in Austin. So we are going to talk about this big game. And to do that, I'm bringing in one of my favorite people um, in all of women's basketball broadcasting. She does play-by-play. She's an analyst. I told you guys a little bit about her in the open. But please join me in welcoming Brenda Van Langen into the show. Hey, Brenda. Hey, Regina. How are you? I'm doing great. We're so excited to have you because there's so much going on in, in women's basketball. But this game in particular... Uh, between UConn and Texas, was one that we all mark on the calendar. And you oh, have depth and width and so much history of Big 12, so you know a lot about this Texas team in particular. Just hearing what Gino had to say there and reflecting on, you know, the outcome of that game and how well Texas played, what's going through your mind?
3: Wow, what a game and so much fun to watch. And, you know, it's it was great to see Texas draw over 11,000 almost 12,000 fans to the game and you know I, I just thought I thought Texas played at a really high level you know we uh, were anticipating in the Big 12 conference the matchups between Texas and Baylor this year at the top of the conference everybody looking forward to that but you know Texas had um, had been upset by TCU just prior to or a couple of games prior to that UConn game and you know, I think when they play at the level that they played at against UConn on Monday, you can see what they're really all about. And, you know, they were able to get great play inside from Jatari White, who has joined the team this year, the transfer from, from South Carolina. They've got great leadership with uh, uh, Brooke McCarty and Ariel Atkins on the outside. And, and to me, they're, they're going to be even better as Joyner Holmes gets back in, in the mix. You know, she missed all of the first semester and was a great player last year but just hasn't really gotten into a rhythm yet this year but she's going to make a huge difference but you know I thought you know the the inside game for Texas was big I thought UConn did such a good job in the second half of isolating players that that broke down the Texas defense and you know came down to free throws you know UConn made the the big free throws Texas uh did not and you know just what a what a great game to watch
1: yeah, it was an amazing game. I mean, I think when most of us turned on in the first quarter and Texas had a 24-21 lead over Connecticut, we were like, okay, this is getting ready to be a good game. Um, to your uh-huh. point, in listening, thinking about what Gino said, he said, you know, it's hard for us to play against a team of this size. And I think for the first time, we really appreciated the athleticism, the quickness, the strength, the size of, of Texas at so many different positions. You 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 mentioned Jatari White, who – um, I thought was huge in the transfer from South Carolina, the impression she had in that game. Crystal Dangerfield is who Kira Lawson asked about and I, I just can't say enough. When when I call UConn games I say Danger like mystical and uh <laughs> Tarika would know a little bit about that, but um she has been fantastic. She made, you know, free throws at the end of that game, obviously big big plays, but Connecticut okay. struggled some with, with Texas and just their style of play and ability to, to get up and down the floor. Um, Connecticut missed more inside baskets. I don't know again if it comes down to that size, but you have to really give a lot of credit to Karen Aston. As you mentioned, those various players and, and having a game plan and being ready to compete and not being afraid. It did though mm-hmm. it reinforce what you said. End of, end of game plays. I was watching that thinking there were a couple of shots that Texas took where I was like, okay, they weren't taking those shots before. They weren't making uh-huh. their free throws late in the game. So when the game gets tight, Connecticut is, is, is one of the best. They don't play a lot of tight games. Let's be honest. They, they blow a lot right. of teams out, but they do know how to win, which I think was so major in that game. Now let's, let's talk a little bit about, you mentioned TCU. So if we start to look at the Big 12 in, 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 in general, Texas did lose to TCU, which might be one of the biggest upsets or unexpected um, yeah. upsets of the season. What is happening right now uh, with this TCU team uh, down in Fort Worth?
3: Yeah, you know it, it. kind of is just the story of the the Big Twelve uh, this year because if you go, you know, to go and look at the Big Twelve standings right now, you've got Baylor and Texas at the top and you, then you have Oklahoma State and West Virginia right after that that are all ranked teams. But then within that mix, including West Virginia, there are four teams with three and three records. And TCU, of their three wins, uh, they get an upset of Texas, and then they get an upset of West Virginia, back-to-back uh, ranked teams that they beat. Kansas State beat West Virginia, a ranked team as well. And and so, you know, those, those middle teams that – understand in the big 12 that if you can get to fifth or sixth even in the big 12 you've got a really good shot of making the ncaa tournament but you've got to knock off the teams above it just kind of tells the story of the whole conference uh and the way it's been but tcu with a really young team and good shooters and under reagan Peebley, who was a former big 12 player herself when she was a center for colorado back in the day for seal berry um they we we saw them a couple of weeks ago and she said we are so close we are so close they were they hadn't won a big 12 game at the time they were oh and three and now they've rattled off the three wins and i think it's a combination of they've got jordan moore a big kid on the inside uh they also have the transfer from usc has been uh playing so well from that for them and then they've got a lot of guards and they mix up their defenses so Something different about the Big 12, I think, than, you know, a lot of the power conferences is there's so much variety and diversity in styles of play from one team to another. And TCU is an example of that because they switch up defenses and where they pick you up on the court and how they play and and how many threes they shoot uh, different than than anybody else in the conference.
1: Yeah, you mentioned, I mean, uh, K-State, TCU. Those were not the teams we've been talking about. We were a little surprised about Oklahoma State Um, you know, with the addition of Lauren Goodwin and, and how they were able to elevate West Virginia is an interesting uh, team because Mm -hmm. there's a great piece actually right now, um, on ESPNW about just West Virginia, the injuries and everything that's happened with them. Will they be able to get back without Tiny's Martin and, and what's going on in West Virginia?
3: It's a good question because, you know, people that follow it, last year West Virginia made a run through the Big 12 tournament. They knocked off Oklahoma, Texas, and Baylor to win the Big 12 championship last year, and it was mostly on the shoulders of Tyneese Martin, who was phenomenal. I remember talking to you about that, that, that yeah. tournament before the NCAA tournament last year. And so everybody was anticipating, okay, bringing back Tiana Muldrow and Tyneese Martin and all these veteran guards, boy, West Virginia is going to be really good this year. And then Tynese Martin was injured on the last day of USA basketball trials this summer. And they really thought that she would be back by the Big 12 competition. So West Virginia went undefeated in non-conference play. Uh, Christina King, who last year as a junior college transfer, was kind of finding her footing in the offense and trying to figure out where she fit. This year is playing so much better. Uh, and all these guards, they were playing great in non-conference play, but they were anticipating Tynese Martin joining, and she's had some complications mm. and has not been able to join. And then Christina King uh, breaks her foot, and she's out for a couple of games. So they lost their first two games of the year with her on the bench, and then when she, they got her back, she recovered, or they recovered, but it was still, is Tynese Martin coming back or not? And so um, I think that's been a big question for them, but I think they're going to recover. And I, I, I like their, um, uh, their guard play overall. Tiana Muldrow has been terrific. And then they added Naomi Davenport from Trinity Valley, who is a special scorer. And, uh, so, so she's added that scoring that they missed with Tynese Martin. And as long as they can keep everybody healthy that they have, they've got a great starting five and top six, seven kids, but, it's really the injuries uh, are going to, you know, be the question mark for them and their depth.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely was disappointed that uh, we wouldn't see Tiny's Martin already on the court. You know, I mean, I just because of the, the year she had last year. You know, you hate for a player to get hurt during uh, USA Basketball, but you're right. And Tiana Muldrow has stepped up. Um, that story is on ESPNW.com by Michelle Volpel. Um So we'll definitely keep our eyes on the landscape, but I, I can't let you go, Brenda, without asking you. Well, first of all, um, just so fans know, the big matchup that Brenda referenced between Baylor and Texas, I think, is going to be one to watch the Big 12. That's going to be January 25th on ESPN. Um, so we will all have our eyes peeled on that, but I wanted Mm -hmm. to just go through a couple of storylines, Brendan. You tell me what stands out to you, because there's a lot going on right now in women's hoops. So, you know, Louisville's a surprise story. Obviously, they were fantastic in in their win over Notre Dame. I mean, wow, Mm -hmm. what an environment, what a performance. Mississippi State is still undefeated. Um, Those are three undefeated teams, UConn, Louisville, Mississippi State. Um, Victoria Vivians is playing fantastic. Uh, This is our Tennessee Lady Vol show the Vols go to South Carolina, who didn't have Asia Wilson, um, and, and beat the the reigning national champions. They've only got one loss to Texas A and M. Oregon, who's ranked number seven this week um, at their highest ranking in, in school history, continues to to really strive. Missouri's caught our eye, beating um, mm-hmm. South Carolina. Florida State has had a hundred or more points in three of their ACC games. Uh, uh, Georgia shows up this week Uh and it upsets at texas a&m i mean Uh michigan beats ohio state at ohio state huge win for kim barnes rico so there's so much happening Rutgers in the top 25 to you what are what what is the one storyline or the couple of things that that really are shocking or stand out
3: wow uh yeah, there is so much going on. And, and I get a chance, as you mentioned, to cover Big 12 pretty extensively, also the SEC on the SEC network, and then uh, some Big 10 network stuff as well. Uh, so, you know, getting a chance to see so much of this up close and in person um, has been so much fun. You know, I think the shocking thing for me was the way Louisville beat Notre Dame. Uh, you know, that, that score was shocking to me. Um, Mississippi State might be the best team in the country right now. And uh, you know, we, we saw what they did through the tournament last year, but they may be better this year than they were last yep. year. Um, yep.
1: definitely you know, better we, we offensively. <laughs> What's yeah. that? I said definitely better offensively, moving some yes. pieces around. They've got they've got Blair Schaefferin who's a shooter now. Roshunda who Johnson who's amazing. She can score at will. They were more defensive minded I thought last year, but I'm I'm agreeing with you on Mississippi State. Go ahead.
3: Yeah. No, and i was just gonna mention as you went through all those we didn't mention baylor and baylor uh is just rolling through the big 12 right now uh you know the the asterisk is they haven't played any of the ranked teams yet but they've been really dominating with kalani brown and lauren cox working together inside and and the guard play that they have around and like i said we're we're anticipating that game against texas later this month uh it's so great to see tennessee back where they are and um you know, the success that they've had, all, all those storylines that you mentioned. I, I, I enjoy watching Missouri play. Sophie Cunningham is such a great story. Uh, it, it, overall, there's just there's a lot of great games going on <laughs> night in and night out. And uh, it's, just, it's just a fun time to be a women's basketball fan, isn't it?
1: It really is, Brenda. We appreciate all you do. Just quickly let the fans know just a little bit about your basketball background and where they can follow you and all that you're doing for the game.
3: Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's my 23rd season as a broadcaster and, uh, I am wow. so fortunate and so blessed uh, to get to be courtside on so many great games night in and night out. You can follow me on Twitter. It's just Brenda Van Lingen or on Instagram, Brenda Van Lingen TV. Um, but, uh, I've been doing big 12 games, uh, since the beginning of the big 12. So over 20 years and, uh, uh, like I said, I am I switch my hat, and I'm play-by-play on on ESPN and the SEC Network games and get to work with Carol Ross on the Monday Night Games on SEC Network. Uh, I coached at the University of Nebraska uh, a long time ago. And so, uh, you know, Nebraska, I'm proud of them, what they're doing, coming back their second year under Amy yeah, Williams. Uh, she yeah. was one of my players at Nebraska when I coached. She was a walk-on on our team, wow. and now in her second year, has has Nebraska doing really well? So I have to give the Huskers a little bit of a shout out. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I I get to broadcast four, sometimes five games per week. I'm all over the country. I love what I do, and uh, just am passionate about promoting and lifting up women's basketball.
1: Well, we are so glad to have. Now you were a baller too. Now so you got to mention that part.
3: <laughs> <laughs> all right, that was a little while ago. But uh, I played at the University of Nebraska Kearney and. Uh, it was a fantastic experience, and, you know, it kind of shaped everything uh, that that I do now. It gave me the, the passion and the drive to do what I do now.
1: Well, I'll tell you this. It's amazing that those of us that played the game have this opportunity to still be a part of it um, on the broadcasting side, and I'm thankful for, you know, all the different networks and, and obviously both of us working for ESPN. This is an ESPNW podcast, but all that they mm-hmm. put in, mm-hmm. all the games they put on, and and all the traveling we do this time of the year, you know, fans don't get to see the real glorious part of it, but Brenda, we're so (laughs) thankful for, for all of your coverage and um, fans, make sure you follow Brenda on Twitter, on Instagram, because she's doing great things for the game, but thank you for joining us and for all of your great insight.
3: Thank you, LaChina. And thank you for what you're doing with this podcast. I love listening in each week.
1: Thank you so much. We appreciate your time. We'll see you soon.
3: Okay. You too. We'll see you. Second quarter players perspective
1: well tarika and i have been talking about this team i feel like every week since college basketball started and we told you that we were going to get the lady balls on around the rim well we've got a double dose because we've got joining the show mercedes russell and jamie nard welcome to the show ladies
4: thank you
1: well 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 Look at these Lady Vols. So let's just start here. <laughs> um, I had you guys a few weeks ago for your Vanderbilt game, which you won. The crowd was amazing. I always love coming to Knoxville. But I started that game by saying the Lady Vols are back. And I've been saying that and watching you guys all season. Shamiko Holesclaw Club was talking about how much she loves watching this year's team. Everyone feels like the Lady Vols are back. What does that mean to you guys when people say you're back?
4: It means a lot, especially with our past couple years and how they've gone just so up and down. So, I mean, it means a lot to say because of our tradition that we're back and we're finally playing the way we're capable of playing and the way we should be playing. So, I mean, it means a lot, but we still have a lot of seasons to go. I think we started out the season great, but we still have so many games left to just keep playing the way we're playing and to even get better.
1: You mentioned the last couple seasons, and, you know, I was actually listening to an interview with you, Jamie, when you were talking about what you felt like had gone wrong in the last couple seasons. You know, you guys weren't playing hard, you weren't playing together, you weren't consistent, um, you talked about leadership, and even if people, even that people were questioning if you guys wanted to win. Uh, Mercedes, how did you guys write those wrongs, or how did you guys get the the shit back on track after those couple of seasons of of some letdowns?
2: I mean, we just kind of, you know, we knew that the past couple years weren't normal for Lady Ball basketball, and we knew that this year had to be different, and I mean, credit to our freshmen. They're an awesome class coming in, and then we have just a great team overall. I mean, me and Jamie leading as seniors, and then Mimi Jackson has had a great year. We have Sheridan Green on the roster, and she's just an awesome physical player, and I think You can just really see just how much we enjoy playing with each other, just playing together every single game this far. And I know we're, you know, almost halfway there. But, I mean, the season has been really, really, really fun this year.
1: Yeah, it's obvious that you guys are having fun. And you mentioned those freshmen. We're going to get to them in a minute. Um, But it's (laughs) obvious that you guys enjoy each other. You're having fun. Uh, there just seems like this level of of togetherness that, again, wasn't there previously. Now, when it comes to leadership, in my opinion, you guys are definitely the anchors. Um, Jamie, talk about intentionally growing as a leader. I know that, you know, you went to Vietnam. Um, you know, I'm sure both of you have had some different leadership experiences. But how did you come back into this season a better leader than you had been previously?
4: I think over the course of our four years, our roles have kind of changed within our team. And I know that the past couple of years we've kind of been asked to lead in more ways that than me and Mercedes or have been comfortable with in the past. We're both very quiet, kind of nonchalant, and we've kind of had to step out of our comfort zone and lead in certain ways. I think the class that I took this summer and over the course of the year kind of helped me as far as authenticity as a leader and uh, just so many things that uh, teammates look for, being able to trust you and just just so many things that I felt like we needed to grow in order to help our team. I think, I think our team trusts us, which is why we've been able to lead them the way we have been. And, and I think uh, a part of us being leaders is us being able to listen to other people as well. When they have things to say or things they see out in the court, I think it really helps us that we're able to, to hear what they say and kind of help them and even side with them when we agree with them. So just, being people that listen as well as lead, I think that's something that helped, helped us this year.
1: So that's <laughs> a great point of, uh, about listening and the relationship, especially with so many younger players coming in. And you guys brought in the number one recruiting class. And boy, have they been fun to watch with, you know, Raniya and, and Hayes and Avina Westbrook. And speaking of Westbrook, what is in the water in Oregon I mean, y'all are just—I oh, mean, seriously, all seriousness. Like my brother actually um, goes to a, a very small school in in Oregon, so I've been there quite a bit. He's in McMinnville at Linfield. But uh, what what is it about Oregon girls basketball that y'all are just so strong on the map right now? Uh, maybe uh, yeah, it's the water. that's a real maybe. question. Maybe it's <laughs> the water. I think it's oh, the water. No. <laughs> okay, so y'all are y'all are <laughs> <laughs> right. So, if has <laughs> been bro- involved but this freshman class, is, is there something that you, that they have brought to you guys that you feel like has also helped to kind of elevate you right now?
4: Their competitiveness, their willingness to want to get better, they're always in the gym just and their attention to detail. I think that that's what separates them from a lot of freshmen. I think um if they make a mistake, they They really do their best to not make the same mistake again, and they've just done so well as far as um, listening, working hard, and doing everything the coaches and everything their team has asked of them. Um, They're super talented, super talented. I think they have so much potential as far as what they're going to do in the course of their four years here. So I'm excited to what they can accomplish because they're great players and they're good people, which makes it even better.
1: So you guys started this season 15-0, and 0, and I was looking at, you know, just the different teams, Tennessee teams, which as many great teams as there's been, there haven't been many that started 15-0. and 0. Um, But there's there's only three before you guys, and one of them was national champions. Um, looking at your schedule and kind of where things are now, now you have dropped one game, you, you lost at Texas A&M, but you just won a huge game at South Carolina, beating the defending national champs. Then you have Notre Dame, Mississippi State. So the schedule right here in this stretch is really testy. What What have you guys talked about in terms of, um, you know, keeping your freshmen grounded, helping them to understand the SEC, but also dealing with, again, the pressures of being Tennessee?
2: Yeah, well, we try to, you know, try to not t- look too far ahead. We just take it one game at a time. And we know every game is going to be tough, especially in the SEC. Every team is talented, and every team comes to play every night. And so we're just looking forward to Notre Dame right now. You know that's our next game on the schedule. And we could, we just kind of take it one day at a time.
1: And this is a, this is a. A great week for, for women's basketball, but also, especially in the SEC because they do such a, a great job of celebrating We Back Pat, um, which is a, a time that we have designated in women's basketball to acknowledge the late, great Pat Summit, um, in Sunday's games, January 21st will be dedicated in her honor. Lots of people like to wear purple. Just curious, um, for you ladies, what kind of impact did Pat Summit have on your lives?
2: I mean, you know, one of the best coaches to ever coach the, just the game of basketball, not just women's basketball, but the game of basketball. And I think her character just speaks volumes, not just on the court, but off the court. She was an amazing person. So I think her impact has been tremendous, not just, you know, on women's basketball players, but on the whole community or just everyone in general.
4: Yeah, I agree. I think just her impact on us as basketball players, especially being – um younger, when I was younger, I used to always watch Tennessee. Um, I, in fifth grade, I told people I wanted to come here and play for Pat Summit. So, I mean, just the kind of person she was, um, you always talk about people around here. Um, I, I know a lot of people don't get to be in Knoxville, but everybody that has encountered Pat always talks about what a good person she was, um, from treating the custodians to the highest people up in the office the same way. I think that's something that. I mean, beyond basketball that she did as a person. And that's just something that we remember and um, something that is just a testament to who she was. I think obviously as a competitor and especially as a woman, she did so much for our game, uh, the game of women's basketball. And for girls in general, just um, the kind of person she was. And I think that's just something that we look forward to in celebrating this week.
1: Yeah. I mean, well said by both of you and, um, you know, it, it is definitely a special time because of all Pat did. I always say I wouldn't be here without uh, everything that Pat Summitt did. I love women's basketball because of who she was and, and how dedicated she was to the game. So thank you guys uh, for sharing those thoughts. Now to wrap up just a little bit here, um, both of you are looking at futures as pros. I'm just curious how much you keep up with the WNBA and, and what excites you about the next level of basketball?
4: Um, I've I- I love the game of basketball. I've I've always said I want to play for as long as I can. Just to, I, I love playing. I love uh, the team atmosphere. I love just just enjoying this game for as long as I can. Uh, uh, God willing, I will be able to play for a long time. But I mean, the WNBA is just it's such a fun league. I think uh, I think it needs more publicity and and other things. But that's that's a different story. But I think I I just love this game and. Um, I love watching how competitive the WNBA is and how good the players are, and I'm looking forward to it.
1: And, Mercedes, you came back to school. You could have left and been playing (laughs) in the summers, but you wanted another season as a Lady Ball, which I love. Um, But how about you in terms of the WNBA? Favorite players, and, and do you follow the league?
2: Yeah, I'm definitely excited. I mean, obviously college is something you can't experience again, so that's really why I came back. But, yeah, I watch a lot of the WNBA. There's a bunch of great players, a lot of great coaches, obviously in the league, and I'm excited for you know upcoming opportunities. But uh, I mean, some of the players that I watch, I watch a lot of bigs. You know, Sylvia Fowles, Tina Charles, a little bit of Grinder, but I also watch you know, like I watch my Lady Voss. I watch CP, I watch Neca. I mean, I watch just a lot of people, and I mean, the league is just so fun to watch. I mean, obviously, like Jamie said, needs a little more publicity, but. I mean, I think it's growing as time goes on, and I'm just excited for the future.
1: Well, well, you guys are definitely doing big things um, this season, and I look forward to watching that as well as what happens with you guys next. My last question for you, I have to ask this because it's always something that I'm wondering from the outside looking in, is I don't know that there's a team that is – under the spotlight, more, the magnifying glass, um, always, you know, uh, people are always talking about the lady balls, giving their opinions, whether we want them or not, that kind of stuff. You know, now that there's social media, everybody's a coach. Um, how do you guys deal <laughs> yeah. with that? that right exactly how do you guys deal <laughs> with that aspect of it just the the fans everyone weighing in on you your coach the program some of those pressures you guys seem so mature in how you have dealt with all that how have you managed that aspect of being uh, a lady vault
4: obviously everybody always has their opinion on on us as players on our team on coaching on it really everything we I can't tell you how many questions I've been asked on our team and, and program and other programs too, like football and basketball. I can't tell you how much. I mean, <laughs> the biggest thing I could tell them is, I mean, they're half the questions I don't even have an answer to. I'm like, I I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Like, <laughs> I think people just have so many questions, and I think I, it, it's not all bad because at least they're wondering about women's basketball and at least they're asking questions. And, um really wanting to know what's going on when, I mean, the past couple of years really. But I think when they have questions, I mean, it's it's not all bad that they're wondering and talking about it, but sometimes it's just, um, you just have to deal with it. It, it comes with being a lady of it comes with playing and at this university and uh, under the tradition that we have. So, I mean, you just have to deal with it. Yeah,
1: Mercedes, how about you?
2: Yeah, basically, I mean, you really just got to get used to it. Uh, people are entitled entitled to their own opinions. So, I mean, they could say whatever they want to say. Just like Jamie said, you know, we get questions sometimes not even about us, just about the university or other sports teams. But, I mean, yeah, it's just something you got to deal with, like she said. It's not going to go away, so there's really nothing we can do about it.
1: Yeah, you guys are right. There has been a lot happening um, at the university and in athletics in general. I just wanted to know because I think it can help other young people. I just think you guys, you two are two of the most mature Um, You're great role models. I love the way you carry yourself, how you handle yourselves, how you've grown into leaders, and most of all, I love the way the Lady Balls are playing. So, (laughs) uh, keep on doing your thing. Thank you guys so much for joining the show, and I will definitely be watching as will Tarika and continue to represent. Okay, Thank thank you so much. Hey fans, stay right where you are because coming up after the break, we will talk to Lady Ball and WNBA legend. Tamika Catchings. Now, don't forget, you can listen to every episode of Around the Rim on the ESPN app under the Listen tab. Go subscribe, comment, review. The same with Apple Podcasts. You can go on and leave us your notes. If you have questions for Tarika and I, please reach us using the hashtag Around the Rim. And let's not forget, if you can't get us on the podcast, we are now on XM Radio. That's the ESPN U channel, 84, on Sunday mornings at 7 a.m. Third quarter. All right, basketball fans. Well, we promised you that this would be a week about the Lady Vols, and we're talking We Back Pat, and we are honored to have – um, one of the greatest, bottom line, not only former Lady Vol, but WNBA champion and former league MVP, Tamika Catchings. Welcome to the show, Tamika. Thanks for
5: having me, China.
1: Yeah, so it is a busy, crazy time, and we're excited to catch up with you because I think the last time we had you on the show, you didn't have all of these different things going on, so... You have a new role with the Pacers organization. You've got a tea shop. Catch us up on kind of what is happening in Tamika Catching's world.
5: Well, there's a lot going on. Um, like you said, just my current role with Pacers Sports Entertainment, still in, engaged and involved with the Pacers, the Fever, and the Mad Ants. Of course, the Fever aren't, aren't in season right now, so really just focusing on the G League, the Mad Ants, and, uh, and the Pacers. And then, yep, I have my tea shop, tease Me Cafe Indy, if you have not been there. When you come through Indy, you've got to make sure that you stop by, take some pictures, and um, enjoy some tea and, and some food. But also, what else? I've been doing a lot of speaking engagement, just started back commentating with the SEC Network. So, you know, enjoying that and uh, traveling around and just, you know, my foundation, the Catch a Star Foundation, and also um, we're gearing up for our third annual Tamika Catching Shootout during the Final Four. So, yes, a lot going on, but a lot of great things.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to talk about your event at the Final Four. Um, I, I was excited to hear about the reason why you do that. But going back to your, your role, tell us a little bit about what you're doing with the Pacers and the Fever organization. What is your, what is your day-to-day like there?
5: Well, my day-to-day, it varies, which I actually like with not having a, a strict routine. But... You know, really my my main focus is making sure that the players have whatever it is that they need. And, you know, looking at, for me, one thing I want to focus on is more like development off the court. You know, we have enough coaches to assist them on the court and help them with, you know, goals on the court. But as far as off the court, really looking at what is next, what is going to be the next step, and taking advantage of some of the relationships and the opportunities and networking opportunities while you're playing. And while everybody still wants you engaged and really being able to capitalize them, capitalize on them now so that they'll be able to help you uh, in the long run.
1: Yeah, that's so important. You know, we we talk about that even on the college side of things. And sometimes as as athletes, we're focused on what we're doing in our sport, but maybe not developing what we want to do off the court in the community in our career. I thought you were so good at that as a player of. Yeah, I'm playing basketball, but you developed your catch the stars at the same time and had your hands in so many different things. Um, I think that is just fantastic. So um, your SEC is crazy right now. We were just talking about (laughs) it and how, like, I mean, the upsets, everything that's happening, Georgia just beat Texas A&M, Texas A&M beat Tennessee, Uh, the list goes on and on. But let's start with your Lady Vols because we keep hearing this phrase, and I've used it myself the Lady Vols are back. Now, before you give me your answer, I want you to listen to this clip from from Holly after one of the Lady Vol wins.
3: Thank you very much, Holly Warlick, now uh, joining us courtside. Big road win for the Lady Vols. They, they hit you pretty hard there in the fourth quarter, but what impressed you <laughs> about the response, especially from your three freshmen on the floor? Well, resilience. We talk, we've talked a lot about um, just uh, being calm when the storm hit, and the mm-hmm. storm hit, and we got a little calm. Thought we were, our timeouts were good. They were really, really settled in. And um, this team is focused. And when they get focused, great things happen. When we sh- start taking quick shots, and, and that's when we get a little crazy. And we started that, and then we calmed down. And uh, just really proud of our group.
1: So that was Holly uh, with our Beth Moens. And she mentioned the freshmen, but also just the, the resilience of this team, Tamika. Are the Lady Vols back, in your opinion? I
0: don't know
5: if they ever went away. (laughs) But no, I think, you know, it's been a lot of fun. (laughs) It's been a lot of fun to watch. Um, You know, I've had an opportunity to go out there and, you know, speak to some of the different organizations in the city, but then also being able to be around the team. And, you know, I think the thing that's come back is just the fun and the love of the game and just the way that they are with each other. And that's something that. You know, for, for I me, mean, we've all covered or been a part of, you know, really good teams. And I think the common thread between really good teams is somewhat of a like and somewhat of a, um, the the flow of being able to play together. You know, there's a lot of pressure on the three freshmen that produced and their two seniors leading the way with well, Jamie and, and Mercedes doing a great job of just leading. But even from their, from their standpoint and going back to when I played, you know, we had great leadership and great older leadership and players that, you know, we could look up to, Shamique being one, also future Hall of Famer, of course, but, um, you know, players that, that okay. were good. <laughs> players that we could look up to that kind of showed us the ropes. And I think that having been through a couple of years of what they didn't want to be a part of, you know, now being able to kind of embrace the freshmen and bring them in and, you know, show them that this is really how Tennessee basketball and what it's really all about.
1: Yeah, we had a long conversation with, with Jamie and Mercedes just about, you know, some changes that they had to make in terms of leadership, but also what they enjoy playing, uh, a, a joy about playing on this team. You mentioned the freshmen. Is there is there one that stands out to you that's been impressive so far?
5: Well, Westbrook. I mean, the point guard position is such a tough position. And, I mean, I've had Ace, you know, Kristen Clement and Kara and April McDivitt, and, you know, thinking Kelly Jolly back then, I mean, think about all the point guards that came through Tennessee and the pressure that was always on them to perform. And, and I mean, they were like they lead the ship. And so I think when you look at a position like that, especially from a freshman standpoint, being able to come in. And, you know, of course she makes mistakes here and there, but the poise that she carries for majority of the time, I mean, that is, that's big time uh, from that position.
1: Yeah, yeah, she's fun to watch and even with her size and she has this competitiveness, this level of focus and intensity that you don't usually see in a freshman. I had to ask Mercedes and Jamie like what's in the water in Oregon? I mean, all three <laughs> of them are Oregon. I'm like, something good is happening there. So when you when you look across the SEC, obviously you've got the defending national champs in South Carolina. Mississippi State is still undefeated. Tennessee's in the mix. I mean, every and there are teams that are even improved. Like LSU is better. Alabama um, is better. How do you see things playing out in the SEC? It, it, not necessarily a champion, but what stands out to you in terms of some of those other teams in the mix?
5: I, I love the parity now. You know, I love the fact that you are seeing more teams um, compete. You know, and, and the games are fun. And everybody, you know, going into the game, that's one thing that in the in previous years, it's like, oh man, when SEC tournament, like when SEC time comes, anybody can win on any given night. And you're seeing that now. You know, you talked about the upsets and, you know, just the way teams are playing. But I also like that, you know, you have a lot of uh, first-time coaches in the SEC and a lot of coaches that have been brought in to. Just help the program get back to the level, you know, success that they have had in the past. And so I think that, Mm -hmm. you know, with a lot of with new coaches coming in, new systems being implemented, new players, you know, kind of moving around and and being able to gain the confidence in themselves, like you're starting to see them to play on the court, and it's, it's it's just fun to watch.
1: Yeah, one addition in particular, I want to send a shout-out congratulations to Mickey DeMoss, who is on that list of finalists for the Woo-woo. Women's Basketball Hall of Fame, who is helping Mickey Fargus down at LSU. Now, let's switch gears really quickly to the WNBA. Um, you know, not playing in the league this year and just observing, uh, what did you think about the play and, and kind of the direction of the league right now?
5: Yeah, you know, I think that um, you know just some of the movements that's been made and, and the office. Well, let's start with, the, with during the season. I, obviously, you know highs and lows um, throughout the throughout the season, and some teams that um, you know, in particular, looking at my fever, and that's kind of what I focus on. But um, you know, a lot of highs and lows, and you know, I do feel like we are at a point this year. I'm really excited about this class coming out, you know, from the from the collegiate game because I feel like it'll be another boost going into the W and we have a lot of great players that, you know, that'll be entering. But I mean, I like this past season. It was just kind of like, I don't know, it's different for me. It's my first year really out. And so, you know, kind of in it, but not really in it and just kind of trying to be an advisor from, from, uh, from around the way, um, you know, not really excited about or not really happy about the way the, the fever performed this year in particular, but, you know, I'm looking forward to this upcoming season.
1: And what do you think it's going to take, Tamika, to kind of for the fever to kind of get back um, on track? Well, um, I, I think just a
5: buy-in, you know. Sometimes when you add new coaches and you add, you know, just just a different environment, um, even if you have the same players, sometimes it it, get, it takes and sometimes it doesn't. And I think that, you know, this year for, for our team to be successful, for the fever team to be successful, we – really got to figure out and find, you know, everybody has to buy into the system that Pokey Chapman has and, you know, be willing to sacrifice for, for the good of the team.
1: Yeah. That makes perfect sense. It does take time. I mean, it's a different system. There's no Tamika catchings, uh, works out for Kelly Cross Who's moved on to a, a, you know, a different uh, situation with the organization. So uh, we'll be keeping our eyes on it. Now Tamika, I do have to ask you though, um, The Fever don't have the number one pick, but if you did, who would Tamika Ketchings pick?
2: Ooh.
1: Oh. You got Asia Wilson, you got I Donovan Shields, you, you, you got Kelsey. Because Mitchell. if I tell Oh, okay. <laughs> Bill is going to pick them. We'll know. And we can't have yeah, that. Yeah, we'll know who you're going <laughs> to pick. <laughs> yeah. Bill will know, and he will
5: make sure that he takes them, so. We'll yeah, so no, I, I first. totally get yeah. that yeah I know he's (laughs) listening to
1: this so (laughs) of course he is of course he is (laughs) Now, this is also a special time in women's basketball, not just the SEC, but women's basketball as a whole, because we are heading into We Back Pat Week, which is a week that's dedicated to honoring the legacy of, of Pat Summit, as well as bringing attention to Alzheimer's awareness. The Pat Summit Foundation was founded by Coach Summit and her son Tyler uh, for that very reason. And Tamika, you know, you've played with her and you spent a lot of time with her and w- she meant so much to the game of women's basketball. How can we continue to honor her legacy, you know, not just during We Backpack Week, but in general? So, I mean, I think it's, it's truly an honor
5: um, being one of Pack players, but being a part of the program and just, you know, her and her legacy, it's an honor to be able to continue her legacy and celebrate We Backpack Week and, you know, um, just for all that she meant for, for women's basketball and for those of us that actually had a, you know, friendship and relationship with her. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the biggest thing when we look at being able to celebrate We Back Pat and being able to bring awareness to Alzheimer's and uh, Pat Summit Foundation is uh there's a lot of people that are affected by it, whether directly or indirectly. And, you know, to be able to bring awareness not only through, you know, SEC and NCAA and, Even through the WNBA, different things, it it truly is a testament to the type of woman uh, that Pat was, and just so many people that want to get behind her and support her, and through supporting her, are able to ultimately support Alzheimer's and and be able to find a cure and, and assist with the research.
1: No, Tamika, you're absolutely right. You know, I think it's important to all of us. I was just thinking, you know, I went to Knoxville. I had a game there and it was the first time that I had been there, um, without Pat. Like, I had been to the celebration there in Knoxville. But it was the first time I was going to do my job. I was calling a Tennessee game, and I know that she's no longer with us. And I didn't expect to get emotional, but I did. And it just was a reminder to me that I would not be in the position I'm in without her sacrifices. But not only that, just, you know... uh... She was just such an incredible person, and you can feel her spirit um, even when you enter into Thompson Bowling Arena. So, um, thank you for sharing that. And, fans, don't forget to continue to support the Pat Summit Foundation. Now, speaking of support, Tamika, tell us about what you're doing at the Final Four with your Catch the Stars camp, because this is just awesome.
5: Yes, yeah, actually, Tamika Catch Me Shootout, and this is our third year doing it. But, really, my main focus a few years ago. I remember I was somewhere and I was talking to a bunch of college kids and I was just like, oh, you know, they were like, one day we want to go to the WNBA and they were just so excited to tell me this. And I was just asking, I said, oh, well, what, you know, who's your favorite WNBA team? And, and they kind of looked at each other and I was like, please tell me you do know all 12 of the WNBA teams. And they like, yeah, 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 uh, uh. And they couldn't <laughs> figure it out. So I was like, okay. And then probably a week after that, I was doing we were doing a camp and I was talking to some of the – um Younger kids, like more seventh, eighth grade, and uh, talking to them about just one day they want to be in the WNBA, and you know, I was like, oh, so what college? You know, I started thinking about colleges because obviously you're not going from seventh and eighth grade all the way to to college. And same same thing. They were like, well, um, I mean, I know about UConn, and I know about you know South Carolina, and you know some of the top teams. Then, and I was just kind of like, okay, but what like what college are you going to? And they really couldn't answer it. So. Um, I came up with the Tamika catch and Out, really an opportunity surrounding the women's Final Four. So we started in Indiana, Indianapolis, and then last year we were in Dallas. This year we're going to Columbus, and then uh, New Orleans and Tampa. in the next couple of years we'll, we're also preparing to go to. So an opportunity for young girls, 7th through 12th grade, traveling girls' basketball teams, to to come and experience the Final Four. I just felt like it was important for our young ladies to to experience the best thing that they have coming next, which after junior high and high school, you're going to college, hopefully, and, you know, hopefully you'll have an opportunity to play at a Final Four. And then, you know, my next goal down the road is to try to figure out how to get more college kids uh, engaged in the WNBA games and getting them going to more games and, you know, some type of interactive programming around that. So I got a whole plan in my mind of, kind of the transition, but for right now, you know, really excited about the Tamika Catching shootout, and uh, people can go to com to find out more information, but, you know, just super excited about what we've been able to do. First year we had about 24 teams, and then this past year in Dallas we had 60 teams. So uh, continuing to gear up and, you know, hoping that we can make that a huge success and something that people look forward to every year to be a part of.
1: Wow. I just love the concept of that because you're absolutely right. That's totally one of my goals as well is to try to bring awareness to the different levels of the game. Like a part in women's basketball, we're good, but if we all come together and support all levels of the game, we'd be great from AAU grassroots high school, college WNBA um, you know, we're stronger in numbers. And I think what you're doing with the Tamika catching shootout is outstanding because these young people are going to get some knowledge and that's what they need about their history, about, you know, all the different ways they could be watching and supporting women's basketball. You start them young Then in college they will be supporting um, the WNBA Mm -hmm. and vice versa. So I think that's awesome, Tamika and and fans. Please go to Tamika's website as she mentioned. Figure out how you may be able to to support and help the Tamika Catching Shootout. I'm definitely gonna try to stop by there. Okay, maybe give me a little dribbling drill or something. You know, I'm gonna try to come through for sure. On your schedule. Oh, girl, but honey, for you, let me tell you, weekly catchings—the way you have inspired my life—and I talk about it all the time, honey. I would all that stuff, please. I can can figure that out. But for you, Tamika, everybody loves you, and you—you've meant so much to me and inspired me so much, and your support means a lot. So. We uh, definitely want to support you and your tea shop. Uh, next time, I was in Indiana, and I didn't get to go by because my schedule just wouldn't allow me, but where can fans come and, and visit your, your tea shop in Indianapolis?
5: It's, uh, it's, on, it's downtown, but it's on the outskirts of downtown. So if you look up Tease Me, T-E-A apostrophe S-Me, uh, the address is on there. We just got a new website for 2018, so enjoy. And if you have any comments or any suggestions, feel free to email me or do whatever.
1: I'm coming by. Next time I come in, town, <coughs> what kind of tea should I get?
5: Oh, you should get the green tea, the tropical cyclone. And then we have sandwiches, too. So we have breakfast and we have lunch. We're open from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. So it's still kind of like uh, the cafe style. But uh, And, yeah, we have a fireplace. So, you know, it's, just, uh, it's a really cozy place a lot of people come and just kind of hang out for the day i know you got things to do but yeah we would love
1: to have you she do not have to do much to convince me she said yes (laughs) 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 exactly i'm coming to catch the vibe (laughs) tamika thank you so much for your time thank you for all the work you're doing at various levels to grow our game including um what you're doing in broadcasting it's such a it's so awesome for us to to have you and to be able to listen to you good luck safe travels and we will see you soon hopefully at the final four
3: Yay, can't wait.
1: Fourth
3: quarter. Out of bounds.
1: All right, basketball fans. It is the fourth quarter. We've got a couple more things that we want to apprise our fans of that are happening in women's basketball. Congratulations to the finalists for the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame Class of 2018. Um, Just excited for this group. It's a very talented group. Many people who have... Contributed to the game of basketball in various ways. Just to run through the names quickly, Yelena Baranova, Seal um, Berry, Rose Marie Bataglia, Chris Daly, longtime assistant uh, coach and associate head coach to Gino Oriema. Mickey DeMoss, a longtime Lady Vol coach who is now coaching at LSU. Congrats to Mickey. Shamika Holesclaw, one of my heroes, Tarika. Love I know that's one of your heroes. Um, we are so, so excited for Shamiqua, um, as she is one of the finalists as well. Auburn great Vicky Orr, Katie Smith, the three-time Olympic gold medalist. We are just so excited for Katie. She's been on our show before. Um, she is now the head coach of the New York Liberty. Shout out to her on that, but we're really, really happy for Katie. Valerie still, um, the Kentucky great. And then Tina Thompson. The number one pick in the inaugural 1997 WNBA Draft and four-time champion is also a finalist for the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame. So congratulations to all. Um, And we will be keeping our eyes on the many events that are happening with the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame in the coming months. All right, last but not least, the Women's Basketball Reveal is back. That's right. Starting this week, on the Thursday game for women's basketball, Tennessee and Notre Dame, it is this week, um, we will get a reveal from the NCAA Women's Basketball Committee. And what they're going to do is they will reveal their top 16 seeds so far. So the teams that they think will be the top 16 um, come selection Monday, they will reveal where they are as of now. Now, they will have three reveals Um, Here during the regular season, as I mentioned, one will come on January 18th. They will have another one on February 1st and another on February 19th. So it will be interesting as we will see the top 16 in order in addition to the top four teams that would be assigned to their potential regional site as of that date. So keep your eyes on that. And that's it. Women's basketball fans, we hope you enjoyed the show Make sure you check us out next week. Again, hashtag Around the Rim on Twitter. You can find me at LaChyna Robinson. You can find Tarika, our producer, at Sports underscore. And again, on SiriusXM, Sunday, 7 a.m., Channel 84, ESPNU. Make sure you check us out. We'll see you next week.
0: Thank you for listening to Around the Rim. Check out more podcasts from ESPN on the ESPN app. Yeah, yeah, yeah,